Hey everyone, welcome to Swipe Club. I'm your host, Robert Woodley, and I'm bringing you the do's and the don'ts in the world of relationships. And here we are back again with my guest co-host, Angie. How are you, Angie? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Very, very well. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of interesting chatter out there in the news that I wanted to bring up today. Um, It's fairly recent news. Some of the, uh, you might've heard about it and some of our listeners might've heard about it. But one of the things I want to talk about that I thought was pretty interesting is our famous old dating app, Tinder. Tinder is now has a new subscription service through them that's called Tinder Select. And Tinder Select is going to cost the user $500 a month. I I think that's crazy. $499 to be exact. That's outrageous. I think $30 a month is outrageous. Yes. I I mean, it's it's a billion-dollar industry. It sure is. And they're making all the money they can off of it. How do you... I mean, you bring up a good point when you said $30 is a lot. It's like, where do you draw the line? Like, what's what's a lot? What's not a lot? I think an individual can be very successful on the dating apps with the free version. The bells and whistles aren't necessary. How you market yourself and your resume you present and what you're looking for is what's going to get you quality matches. Not the bells and whistles, not the $500 a month. Sorry, Tinder. Well, it's funny because the stuff that they're offering, I still don't even think is worth even half of that. They are talking about, um, you know, special direct messaging, an unblurred profile. You get a badge on your profile. That's pretty neat, huh? Yay. Um, But they're calling this the whole VIP experience that they're giving you. And... I mean, that's $6,000 a year for a dating app. I'm going to save everyone $6,000 a year and tell them how to have a quality profile right now in two minutes. I It, it makes me want to, and I've I've thrown this idea around for a while. And starting, talked. yes, you and I have talked about it, we having about a it. matchmaking service where you also get uh, dating, coaching, sure. and counseling along with it. And you would get a lot more through us than going through tinder for 500 a month completely agree guarantee you that so if you're listening <laughs> and you think that we could help you reach out because that's something that it's an idea we've been throwing around for a while um I have some really cool cool thoughts around that robert and angie dating coaching there coming soon there you go i think the other interesting thing that I'm seeing right now too is that uh, some of these dating apps like Hinge are shutting down their audio features, which you know a lot of the dating companies, a lot of the dating apps put these into play around COVID mm-hmm. because they wanted to give the users the ability to exchange voice messages and do video messages, video calling, all of that stuff. Now I know Bumble has kept it, mm-hmm. but I believe Tinder as well as Hinge are shutting down their voice messaging. Now, I don't know about you, but I thought voice messaging was awesome. I sent lots of voice messaging to people Mm -hmm. through the dating apps, and I thought it was a really good, uh, it was a really great way to show your personality. 
And I, I think chemistry really starts there. Well, what keeps Tinder, Bumble, and all these online dating services in, in business and making money is for people not to match, is for them to keep swiping, keep looking, pay for that higher service. So taking away the audio feature is going to distract someone from having quality conversation and communication and connection and keep swiping in between their short little two-sentence messages. Right. No, it's funny you say that too, because that's part of Hinge's branding. I don't know if you know that or if you remember that, is they want to be the first dating app to get you off of dating apps. So they tout the whole thing that they want you to be successful. They want you to meet great people and get off their their platform, but... That's the sales pitch. Right. Exactly. I think with all of these online dating apps and services... Our listeners, individuals, they have more power and control over their online dating experience than they realize. And they have it on the free version. It's themselves. So you met this, that's the second time you mentioned the free version. And it, it makes me think that um, people out there don't know all of the, the different avenues that you can go, all the different options. And I think that's another thing that we should start doing is doing reviews of all of the different dating apps on this podcast. I would love that. And yes, I think, you know, we can uh, identify one and you go through it. I go through it. Uh, Heidi goes through it. Everybody goes through it and see what we think of it and bring it back to our listeners so they can see what it's like before they ever even pay for it. But one of the decent apps out there that I think is free. I mean, we all know about Plenty of Fish. Mm -hmm. Plenty of Fish has been around for, I want to say 20 years or so, at least, or more. Forever. But Facebook dating is interesting, I think. It, it's free. And it will also, it won't show your profile to your friends if they're on there. They won't, you won't see each other. But the cool thing is, is it will show if a potential suitor pops up, it'll show if you have friends in common which is cool because then I can go back to one of my friends that we have in common and say, hey, is she crazy or is she cool? <laughs> That's a great feature. I haven't done the Facebook dating. I might have to create an account, you know, for research purposes, right. for, for the podcast, for our listeners. Yes. I might have to give it a little test drive. I mean, you do have to remember you get what you pay for. So there's everybody else. I mean... You have the lowest of the low on, on Facebook dating, but you know I've met quality people off of Facebook dating in the past as well, so it's not all that bad. I've met quality people on all the apps. Everyone says Tinder is a, a hookup app. Right. I'm not really a hookup type of person. I want quality dates, and I found them there. It really is how you market yourself, and it's so, so, so important to be specific in your profile say the top five descriptors or character traits you have and the top five you're looking for in your partner. And those are the people that are going to respond to you and message you. The ones that are not on their that list, they're not going to waste their time. You're right. When you talk about how you market yourself, I said that on my very first podcast ever. We, we are a product basically, and we're marketing ourselves. And I've had, you know, I've had people, uh, you know, fire back at me and get pretty adamant about what a bad person I am because I said that on my podcast. 
they said, I, I'm not an object. I'm not an inanimate, you know, token or whatever. I'm a real person. I'm not marketing. I said, yes, you are. Do you they prefer yourself. describing? We can call it how you describe yourself on your profile is going to determine if you get quality matches or not. If you get compatibility, how you describe yourself, your life, your wants, your needs, what you're looking in a, for in a partner is going to get you the type of messages that match you better if you're specific. Right. And there's no confusion there. You can't really separate describing yourself from marketing. That's the same thing. You are marketing when you're describing yourself I in a profile. I agree. And if you're not doing that in your profile, that's a bad profile and you're not going to get good dates at the end of the day anyways. You're going to get just a lot of nonsense. If you are not specific, you are going to have to filter through a bunch of messaging that isn't compatible with you. Right. So in saying that, I'm seeing some other news out there, and that is Tinder and some of the other dating apps are implementing different types of AI. So that kind of can be a slippery slope, right? So when you've got AI, and for those of you who aren't familiar with it, it's artificial intelligence, and there's some very basic forms of it out there online that you can log into and play for for free. But it it's code, it's computer-generated code, and it thinks artificially and can uh, respond to you in simple forms. And that technology is getting better and better and better. And it's getting to the point to where the question is coming up and arising. Could a male start interacting with a female oriented AI or vice versa, a female communicating or, you know, dealing with a male oriented artificial intelligence? And is that cheating? That's a really great question. I think it depends on the terms and the boundaries of a relationship. Every couple is different. Every couple is going to have a list of their do's and their don'ts of what's acceptable to them and what is not and where they draw the line. At least we hope they do. If they're not having this conversation, then cheating is going to happen. If, if it is not well-defined what the terms are, if it's too gray and too blurry, then that's when someone's going to get hurt. So if it's not a living, breathing thing, it could still be cheating? It depends if what that couple determines. True. If that couple says, no, AI, whatever, that's not real, that's not human, go for it, then it's not cheating. If the couple decides, no way, you only talk that way with me, that's not allowed, then it will be cheating. I think it depends on, if I think about it, I think it depends on where the insecurities are and where they're not. So if she's scared that he might run off with somebody, mm -hmm. but he's actually on his laptop chatting with a computer code, mm -hmm. he's obviously not going to marry that artificial intelligence mm -hmm. and go on vacation with it or whatever you'd want to call it at that point. So... There's some individuals that may be comfortable with it. I mean, we can even take this further back, right? So we can go back to, I'm just throwing years out there, decades. You know, we can go back to the 60s, 70s, when Playboy magazines were all the rage. And sure. 
there were some spouses that rolled their eyes and walked away when they saw their significant other with a Playboy magazine. Sure. But then there were others that would say, that would call that cheating. Absolutely. There was that 1-800-SEXY-BUNS, you know? <laughs> right. Where you could call in and have a very sexy conversation with someone on the other line. Right. And it even goes to smaller instances where social media. So if you hit like on a profile of somebody who's the opposite sex and or the same sex and single, you know, some people would call that cheating. Social media really lights a fire in relationships. And their couples aren't talking about the details. If you don't tell your partner it's going to bother me if you like other females' photos, they might not think it's a big deal. There has to be conversation and communication about what doesn't feel good and what's okay. So how do you feel about having, or how do you feel about your significant other having friends of the opposite sex? So if you're dating a guy mm -hmm. and he has a female friend, mm -hmm. how do you feel about that? What are the boundaries? I love it. Why? Because he needs to hear female perspective from people other than me. Great answer. And I love I, it. I wouldn't date someone that I had to question his relationship with female friends that should be platonic. I feel lucky that I've got close female friends that have actually set me straight on a phone call when I'm dating somebody and I said this, this, and that happened and it rubbed me the wrong way. I get frustrated and they're like, no, Robert, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. No, it's, it's not like that. And put me in my place. And I didn't argue back. I said, okay, women, no women. I get great advice from my male friends. Thank God. They have really, um, steered me away from some doozies. Is it okay for your significant other to go to lunch with their female friend? Absolutely. Dinner? Sure. Happy hour? Yep. Interesting. Okay. I'm pretty open and liberal and I'm all about 100% trust. And if that's not there, I'm not going to be dating you. No, I think that's a great answer. I mean, that shows that, you know, you're, you're secure, right? I've had, uh, I've talked to clients in the past that had boundaries there where, you know, lunch was okay. Mm -hmm. Dinner was not. If you're communicating about it and it's up front and you are watering your wife plant and you are attending to your marriage or your primary romantic loving relationship and you're taking that person out on dates and they're make, you're making them feel valued. There is nothing wrong with going out with your friend of the opposite sex and catching up on life and getting advice on relationships, career, family. It, it's making them feel secure. Sure. So if you're making your partner feel secure, then there's usually not going to be the insecurities of that will... I don't want to say cause problems because they're not causing problems, but the insecurities that are going to spur their frustration of, hey, I don't, this doesn't make me feel good. If you're in a relationship, then you have made an agreement to make that person the primary human in your life. 
that you're attending to, nurturing, sharing life with. So that should always come first. Your marital partner, your committed partner, that should always come first. And the outside friends should understand and support that. It's funny you say that because you and I are so on the same wavelength because I did a um, a TikTok not too long ago. I, I did a stitch. So there was a female that asked the world, the universe, she said, hey guys, I want to know what makes you feel disrespected or how does a guy disrespected? And I basically said what you just said, not f- being prioritized. Now, a guy doesn't want, a good guy is not looking to be the priority. Mm-hmm. He wants to be a priority. And if he feels prioritized, <clears throat> it's um, he's going to feel respected. Sure. And it goes back to what does that prioritizing look like? That means her being ready for the date on time. Um, that, that means uh, her doing what she says she's going to do, uh, not giving other men attention. And if other guys, you know, start sniffing around, she doesn't entertain that. That's all making him a priority. Absolutely. It's treating your man like he's the king of the castle and he should be treating his woman like she's the queen. Yes. Showing respect, expressing gratitude, um, showing little acts of kindness, compliments, carving out quality time. Talking to your partner in their love language, doing special things for them that are in their love language, making them feel that you are the first thought of the day all day long. Right. And that's that's this episode's homework for our listeners is stop and think about if you're making your significant other feel secure. And it's not just one time. It's a consistency that needs to happen where you're always making them feel secure. They should be making you feel secure. So if they're not, have them listen to this episode and they'll understand it better. They'll get it. And I also don't think that it comes from a malicious place. Sometimes people can be oblivious and just not think to offer that security. You make an excellent point. I think majority of the time, it's not malicious. It is the busyness and the chaos of life. We are so busy with kids, career, side hustle, paying the mortgage, home insurance, car insurance, medical appointments, that very, very easily we can put the person we're most comfortable with, they can bounce to the bottom of the list because we think they're going to understand And I'm going to get to them later. They're going to be there and I'll get to it. And that's what happens when people start to feel neglected, not valued, not appreciated, not special, not noticed, not heard. And then the resentment sets in. Yes, it does. And then maybe they bring down their effort and they're offering security. And then you start feeling it and it's just a recipe for disaster. I think it's so important when you get up every morning to think about what is your top priority in your lifetime. If it's staying married forever, then you know what you need to attend to that day. You can't be consumed by career. You can't be consumed by home projects. You have to attend to what you want your your end life goal to be. And if that's growing old with someone, then that's what you need to attend to throughout the day. Absolutely. So the last episode, the homework that we handed out was for everybody to do that audit effort 
mm-hmm. or the effort audit mm-hmm. and see how they're doing and see how their everyone else in their circle is doing. And I think this making your person mm-hmm. prioritized and making them feel secure is part of that effort too. I mean, they, they kind of go hand in hand, uh, everything in relationships, there's, there's overlap. So I think it's just a continuation of, and making sure that we do it all the time. Absolutely. Realizing and recognizing what's happening and what's not happening. I, I can't express how amazing your relationship can be if both people are continuously looking to put in that extra bit of effort. And if you really love that person, that effort doesn't feel like effort or work. You love doing it. You love thinking about them. You love planning for them. You love seeing them smile. You love making their favorite meal, getting them this special treat, telling them how much you love them, how crazy you are about them. If it's starting to feel like work for you and you're resenting having to water your relationship, then it's really time to take a look at what's happening. Absolutely. And I love that you said that because I want to do an episode about breaking up with people. I love that conversation. How to do it, how not to do it. Mm-hmm. And yes, I I think that's going to be a very interesting, because that's something that people don't talk about at all, right? And breakups don't have to be bad. Right. They might be a little bit uncomfortable, but they Sad. don't have to be bad. I tell my clients and I ask myself when I'm dating myself, would I do this all over again? If I would do it all over again, if I'm learning so much, if I'm getting so much, either activities, attention, experiences, connection, if I'm feeling fulfilled during that time period of dating that person, and I would do it again in the future, then it was time well spent. And if it has an end date, it's okay. It was a great use of my time. I like it. Very well said. Excellent. All right. Well, everybody listening is going to evaluate how they're prioritizing their significant other Mm -hmm. and also evaluate how they're making them feel secure. Excellent. Well, Angie, thank you for coming on another episode and we will get you on again soon and uh, we'll talk about breakups. It was great being here. Awesome. Thank you so much.